Welcome to the Soda Baptist Church podcast. This message is part of the teaching ministry of Soda Baptist Church in Livingston, Texas. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged to grow closer in your walk with Christ through this message. We invite you to check out our website at www.sodabaptist.org for more information about our church. Take your Bibles with me this morning. Turn to Judges chapter 6. This would be the sixth Bible, or the sixth book in the Bible from the front. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Well, maybe it's the seventh. I don't know. It's somewhere right in there. Now this morning, if you'll notice, you'll notice the title of my message this morning is Faith Statements. Faith statements. So, so let me encourage you before I go any further. I'm going to read some faith statements toward the end of my sermon. And I want you to know every single one of us in this room are going to need one of these faith statements. Either this week or later on, you're going to need one of these faith statements. So I want to encourage you to sit there anticipating which one of these faith statements you need to lock on to, hold on to, and use in your days to come. I reckon I recognize this morning is Mother's Day. I'm not ignoring that fact. I'm not necessarily preaching a Mother's Day message, although this message applies. I believe that in order to be a mother, one thing that you must have is faith in raising your children because you definitely do not know how your children will turn out. I mean, this is something that you're hoping for. This is something you're putting your faith in. Even when it looks like all has failed and nothing is going right, I want you to know I am encouraging you this morning to have faith, to pray, to seek God's face. And whatever you do, don't give up. Don't give up. So we're going to be looking at this event that took place in Judges chapter 6. Man that most of us know about, his name is Gideon. Now when we're going to look at this, I want you to know there is an element of faith involved here. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at that. And I want you to know this scripture that was written some 3,000, 3,500 years ago, maybe even 4,000 years ago, I want you to know it is applicable to us today in 2017 how we apply faith. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Now, to kind of begin with what's going on here in Judges, let me kind of give you the place we are in history. The children of Israel have been in the promise, or are in the, in the land of Egypt. They were captive. Moses comes, he sets, takes the captives free. If you've seen that uh, cartoon, what's the name of that cartoon? The Prince of Egypt. If you've seen that, that depicts the story how God set the nation of Israel free out of the Egyptian bondage. They come out. They wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Their choice, not God's choice. Moses dies. Joshua takes charge. Joshua is now leading the children of Israel. When you go to the first book or chapter 1 of Joshua, you'll see that God commands Joshua to take the people over into the promised land and claim the promised land. They go in and they start claiming their land. Now when we get into the book of Judges, Joshua has died. Now the people are scattered all through this promised land and what they're doing, 
they don't really have a leader per se. They've kind of been put up on their own to continue to serve Almighty God. But this is what happens. The people quit serving God and God allows them to get into a bind. God sends a judge. The people begin to cry out. God sends a judge. This judge comes in and rescues them and saves them out of their bondage or whatever it is. That lasts for 30 or 40 years. Then the people are left on their own without a leader. They fall right back into the same pit and they rebel against God, start serving idols. God sends a judge. They bring them out and then they have another 30 or 40 year period. Y'all see this pattern? When, when, you go through, when you go through the book of Judges, you're going to see this pattern go all the, through the, the book of Judges. 17, 18, 19 times. I can't forget the number. But a bunch of times. All right? Well, this is where they are again. That's where we're going to begin right here in chapter 6. Notice what it says in these first couple of verses of chapter 6 of the book of Judges. It says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian. For seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown uh, that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and they destroyed the increase of the earth. Till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkeys. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Here we go. The Israelites are down at the bottom. They rebelled against God. God allowed a group of people to come in there and take them captive and suppress them. The, the Bible says here, this is what's going on. The Israelites are so afraid of the Midianites, they have gone up into the mountains and they have dug out caves and stuff in the mountains. They're not living in their houses anymore. They're hiding in fear of the Midianite people. So then, I mean, the children of Israel still have to eat. So they come out of their caves and their hiding places and they go down and they plant their fields. They sow their fields with grain so that they will be able to harvest it. But as soon as the harvest gets ripe, the Midianites and the Amalekites, they not only bring in their cattle and their camels to graze down that, they come in there and the wheat and the barley that they planted... They reap their barley and their wheat. I want you to know the Israelites are in desperate need. They're in desperate need because of the oppression that the Midianites have put on them. As a matter of fact, we're fixing to find out that this man named Gideon, he is, he is uh, sifting out some wheat where he should be in an in a open area where they... They throw the wheat up in the air and the wind blows the chaff away. Hey, he can't do that because they might see him. And then they're going to come and take his food away from him. Oh, Gideon is in a wine press. That's a closed-in area. And he is in there taking his wheat and he is mashing it down and getting the chaff stuff off of it. And every now and then he'll look around around that wine press and see if anybody sees him. And he gets back down and he's hiding. 
Because that's a circumstance that they find themselves in. They're in a bind. They're in need. And I want you to know, in our society today, and I put this in my notes, I want you to know motherhood. I believe in today's society is harder than it's ever been in America. And I say that not making light of our mothers from the days uh, of past. I I want you to know, I think it was tough on my mom. She had four of us little kids, and I mean, we was just stair-stepped about a year apart. I mean, it was trouble. She had two, I think she had kids in diapers for about, oh, I don't know, five or six years from the time the first one was done and until the last one was done. I mean, it was a long period of time. I'm not taking any away from anything away from that. But I want you to know when they get to a certain age, our media today saturates our kids with evil thoughts and evil deeds and all kinds of temptations through drugs and alcohol and sex. I want you to know that wasn't the case when I was growing up. But that is the case today. And I think motherhood is hard today because of the enemy's enticement. And I want you to know, no different than O'Gideon was faced here with a struggle, we face a struggle. Now flip over there to verse number 11 with me, and I want us, I want us to see what's taking place. I told you O'Gideon was in this wine press trying to get supper ready. And it says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was at Ophram and pertained unto Josh, Joash the Amorite and his son Gideon. He was threshing wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Here's this guy. I don't know if he's got a rolling pin or a piece of a log and he's mashing this wheat to break the kernels out of that, that wheat and he's hiding he keeps looking up to make sure nobody is seeing him or hearing him. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and he looks down at old Gideon in that wine press and he says, you mighty man of valor. Is there somebody else in here besides me? Because old Gideon didn't think he was a mighty man of valor. But I want you to know God saw something in him that he didn't even see in himself. Look what it says in verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why are all of this befallen us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You need to understand, at that point in time, Gideon had no idea who he was talking to. Or he wouldn't have said, Hey, thou mighty man of valor, well, if the Lord is with us, then why in the world are we in the shape we're in? My mom and daddy told me about how great God was in delivering the Egyptians, for us from the Egyptians and crossing the Red Sea and all of the things that Joshua... Well, he must not be with us now. Verse number 14 says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. Do you see what the Lord is telling Gideon? Every time he is turning around, the Lord is speaking uh, faith into Gideon. He says, you are a mighty warrior. You are going to be the one to rescue your people. And this old Gideon is sitting there going, 
Not me. I'm not a man of mighty man and valor. As a matter of fact, I'm the lowest of the families of all of the Israelites, and I'm the lowest one in the family that you picked. I can't do this. Folks, we need to understand this principle right here today. When God looks at you, you are who God says you are, no matter who you say you are to yourself. You are mighty when God is with you. Regardless of what we think about ourselves, you are who God says you are. And this is where Gideon was faced. He says, man, I'm not a nobody. I'm just a nobody. Verse 16, it says, The Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midians, Midianites as one man. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. So this is what Gideon said. He said, Listen, if you are who I think you say you are, then I need a sign. And then Gideon runs off and he he kills a goat, he prepares some some bread, he makes some gravy, and then it says he brings it and presents it to this angel of the Lord that has appeared unto him. And the angel of the Lord told him, you can read this, the angel of the Lord told him, he said, you put this on the rock, you put the meat and the bread, and you pour that gravy over it. And he did, and then it says the angel of the Lord took his rod and he reached over, and when he touched it, it says fire from the rock consumed that offering that Gideon had given him. To me, I think that would be a pretty good sign that uh, uh, this man that was talking to me knew what he was talking about. I want you to know Gideon is still not convinced. As you continue to read through here, the Bible says that Gideon recognized that who he was talking to was the angel of the Lord. It wasn't just somebody that showed up. He recognized that and the angel of the Lord commanded him to do certain things. Gideon goes out and he does those things. He tears down some idols. He tears down some, excuse me, he tears down some altars that are offered up to Baal. He does, he goes and he does that so many times. Just like me and you. Let me just ask this question. How many in here have seen God do a miraculous thing in their life? I mean, something that I couldn't give credit to anybody else. Only God could have done that. Only God could have showed up and done took what took place in my life. I could give you time after time after time. I had a young man yesterday uh, went down and my grandson was fishing a little fishing tournament down there in Old Alaska. And my nephew was down there. And he told me, he says, no, Wayne... If you need to have somebody come and testify about what the Lord can do for you in your life, you call me. I'll come. And then he just sat there and he began to list off all of the things that God had done for him in his life. And it was just, it was phenomenal. Nobody else could take credit for the things that took place in his life but God. So, so Gideon goes and he does those things. And then over here in verse number 36, Gideon says again unto the Lord. He says, God, if thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast, hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry up on the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. I want you to know, Gideon is still not sure. 
He says, God, I hope you don't think this too forward of me. I want to test you to make sure that what you say is true about me. He said, I'm going to lay this fleece out here, and I want you to make this fleece dry. And I want the ground all around that fleece to be wet. And he gets up the next morning, and it is just as he said. The next day, again, he says, Lord, I just need to test you. Anybody else there? Lord, I'm just not sure this is you. Well, here, he says, Lord, let me test you one more time. In the morning when I get up, make the fleece wet and the ground around it dry. Gideon gets up the next morning. He wrings out that fleece and gets a whole bowl of water and the ground around it is dry. I mean, he just, he's just tested him. That's all he's done. So then the Lord begins to tell Gideon, he says, okay, it's time now for you to go fight these Midianites. Now, and I'm not going to, if you'll continue to read through chapter 7 and chapter 8, this is what you're going to find. The Midianites have gathered up in the valley and it tells us that they are like the grasshoppers. There are so many that they can't even be counted. They are as the sands of the sea. There's so many of them out there. And God tells Gideon, he says, you call the men of the tribes around you and you tell them to send their men to, to form an army. 32,000 showed up. 32,000 showed up. Then the Lord looks at that army and He says, Now Gideon, if I allow you to win this war, which you're going to win, with all of these men, they're going to take credit for this, this great victory. He says, You go and tell these 32,000 men, you tell them, anyone who is afraid or fears, send them home. 22,000 went home. Now Gideon is left with 10,000 to fight against this army that numbers in the hundreds of thousands. And God looks at this army of 10,000 and He said, Gideon, that's too much. You'll take credit for this battle if I'll let you win with 10,000. And y'all have heard this story how He divides them up. He said, you send the guys down to the stream, the ones that bend down and drink water straight out of the stream, you send them home. The ones that go down there and take the water and dip it in their hands and bring it to their lips, you keep them. Only 300 were left. Impossible? To me, it looks like an impossible situation. When we look at it from our eyes, this cannot, this victory cannot take place. Now let me ask. 2017, has anyone faced a financial battle that they said, man, I am so over my head, there, it's impossible for me to overcome this. Have you been in a marital situation and you said, this cannot be repaired. It's gone way too far. I want you to know, you can go event after event, situation after situation, the same one Gideon is facing here, you and I have faced in 2017. And I want you to know God can be the victor in every situation if you put Him in charge. There's a principle here. There's a principle here. This is the principle that we need to understand. And listen, I want to address, I, I'm addressing men and women both. I'm addressing the young and the old. I'm addressing the mothers and the fathers. In order for us to please God, we must have faith. If you want to have victory in your life, you must have faith. Gideon 
took these 300 men. And then God told him, He said, Gideon, this is what I want you to arm yourself with. I want you to arm yourself with a torch, a pot, and a trumpet. A torch, a pot, and a trumpet. You're going to see that Gideon goes in and they fight these people and they take lives. But you will never find in the scripture where it tells Gideon to take a sword or a bow or a club. He says you take the torch, the pot, and the trumpet. He takes these men. He gathers them around. They break up into three groups of a hundred. They get up on the hills at night. And it tells what watch they were in when they done it. They took the torches. They stuck them inside the pot. They went up. They cried out. And it says, Unto the Lord is this battle and to Gideon. And they blew their trumpets and they broke their pots. And when the torches lit, the Bible says that God caused confusion among the armies and they begin to kill one another right there in that place. God can bring a great victory in our lives. Moms, God can bring a great victory in our lives. Dads, God can bring a great victory in our lives. Young adults, kids, we just need to understand. And I just took out this one little story in the Scriptures here to bring that to a point. So this is what I want to do now. I want to read some faith statements. These are different people in the Bible that have come to the same situations that we face today. Whether it is sickness, whether it's financial, whether it's trouble at home, whether it's marriage, whether it's children, no matter what it is, whether it's a job situation, I want you to know there's some faith statements here that we can take and we can put them in our lives and we can have victory over these situations if we will simply put our faith and trust in God. Listen to this first statement. Joshua has led the children of Israel into the promised land. The people of Israelites have come into the promised land and they've claimed their land and Joshua sees something going on that he does not like. The people that have gone in to occupy the land, they've gone in there and they have started worshiping the gods of the land instead of being faithful to the Almighty God that gave them the land. Listen to this faith statement. Joshua says, and well, you've got the verses up there. I'm not even going to tell you what verse it is, but they're all in order. He says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers which served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose the land you dwell, but it's for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Amen. And listen, I know that we have families. That you may be the only Christian in that family. It may be that you need to take this faith statement and put it on your mirror and you read it every single morning. Don't care what everybody else is doing, I'm going to serve the Lord. You may need to put this on at your job site. You may be a, you may be a teacher that works into a, in a lounge where everybody else is worldly and ungodly and they tell stories of, of what they've done over the weekends or how they've done this or they're single and they're just living a life of, 
of whoredom or whatever it might be. And you might have to put that faith statement out. I don't care what the world says around me. I don't care what everybody else is doing. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hey, man, I like that faith statement. Don't care what everybody else is doing. Don't care what the crowd's doing. I'm not going to allow the people around me to affect my relationship with God. Y'all do what you want to. I'm going to serve the Lord. It may be somebody needs to take that faith statement with them. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Well, they're all pretty good. You remember what David said to old Goliath? Now, there's a whole long story that builds up to this. But I want, you to, I want you to hear what David says when he is standing on the battlefield and all he's got with him is a slingshot and a staff. That's all he's got. And Goliath has done stood up there in the battlefield and says something to this effect. I can't believe y'all sent me this little dog. I am a mighty warrior. What y'all sent him to fight me for? Son, I am going to tear you up. There's not going to be anything left of you when I get done. This little old boy named David, I believe he took his finger and he pointed up at that man and this is what he said. And then David said to that Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I, would, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who thou hast defied. This day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee and I will take thy head from thee. I will give your carcass to the host of the Philistines this day and to the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all of this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's and he will give it into my hand. Oh my goodness. Can you see this little old boy standing up at that nine foot six giant pointing his finger? He says, I am fixing to take your head off, big boy. It may be that we've got people here today fighting a giant. Let me tell you one of the two of the greatest giants that I have found. And I, this is a situation that I have dealt with over and over and over. I don't think it's just just to Livingston, Polk County. I don't think it's just here, but I want you to know the giant of alcoholism and the giant of drugs has swept this nation. And I want you to know they stand up and they say, I can't defeat this. I'm addicted. I can't change. This is who I am. Wrong! Let me tell you, we serve a God mightier than drugs or alcohol. We serve a God that you can point your finger in that addiction's face and say, listen... I serve a God that's greater than you. Do you need that statement of faith today? Listen to this one. This is Abraham and God has tested Abraham and he's about to take him up on top of the mountain. And he is telling him, he says, Abraham, I want you to go to the top of the mountain and I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac. And now listen, Isaac is very familiar with this act. They've done sacrifices on top of the mountain, but listen to what he says. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father, and he said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, I see the fire, I see the wood, but where is the lamb? Hey, we know what's supposed to be taking place on top of this mountain. Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they were both went up together. I want you to know Abraham could not see the solution. Abraham could not see the solution. 
He took him and he built that altar. He laid his son on that altar. He tied him down. He had the fire. He was about to take that knife and he was about... I want you to know God says, wait a minute, Abraham. I will provide. I want you to know sometimes you're wanting to see the answer before you get to the end of the trouble. I want you to know sometimes God's going to let you get to the end of the trouble before He gives you the answer. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. Even when you think God has, has not seen what you're going through, do not give in. Have faith. Have faith. Maybe that needs to be your statement this morning. I think about old Joshua. Joshua goes into the promised land. First time, comes up against this city. city called Jericho. Now I want you to know Joshua is a soldier. Alright? And this is how God tells Joshua to fight this city. He says, Joshua, you go in there and for six days I want you to get your guys to walk around the city and at the end of the day I want you to stand at the city and I want you to blow your trumpets. I want you to know if I'm a military guy, that doesn't sound very smart to me. As a matter of fact, and this is reading between the lines, and this is Wayne Bickley's version, I really think the people inside of Jericho were up on top of that wall mocking them and laughing at them, thinking, what what are these trumpets doing? Let's have another race around the wall. They raced chariots on top of this wall side by side. That's how thick this wall was. Big wall. God told Joshua, He said, Now listen, on the seventh day you do it, and you walk around it seven times, and then when you get through, you shout, and you blow your trumpets, and the walls will come tumbling down. Now I want you to know, if any scientist that day was to sit there and take his physics and his calculus and all of the things, figured out heat transfer and vibration from trumpets and shouting, I want you to know, he would not have come up with the solution that God had planned. I want you to know, God tells us sometimes to pray without ceasing. Sometimes God says, I want you to praise God even in the times of the storm when it's the roughest. And sometimes it does not make sense. But I want you to know, if you'll be obedient to God's Word, and you've got to read it to know what it says, if you'll be obedient to God's Word, I want you to know, you're going to see things that you've never seen before. Walk around and sing, shout, blow trumpets, and the walls will come tumbling down. God tells you that's what's going to happen. It takes faith to step out. My goodness, I better hurry. We know the story about Daniel. I love his faith statement. When he found out that Darius, King Darius, had signed a written decree that anybody that got caught praying to anyone but Darius was going to throw into the lion's den, listen, his faith statement was... When he saw that that decree was written, it says he went to his house, he opened his shutters, he stood in his prayer in in the window like he did three times a day and he prayed toward the city of Jerusalem. What he's telling you and me to do is be obedient to God's Word no matter what they say they're going to do to you. Be obedient. Stand on God's Word. In the same book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I started to say it's my favorite, but I've done said that twice. I can't say it again. He said, hey boys, I'm fixing to throw you into a fiery furnace if you don't bow down and worship me when the players play. Come on guys, 
bring up the band and they bring up the music. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this was their answer to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. Not ashamed of what I'm about to say concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We need men and women to stand in their families and stand in the gap and say, Listen, kiddos, I don't care what everybody else is doing. We're going to serve the Lord. Don't care what the consequences is. I may lose my job, but I will not turn my back on the God that saved me. Faith statement. Quickly, Canaanite woman, she comes to Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, I didn't come for you. And she said, Yet the, the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus said unto her, Great is your faith. And he healed the Canaanite woman's daughter. In Luke chapter 5, there's a paralyzed man. They came to Jesus and the house was full. They couldn't get him in. So to show their faith, they went to the rooftop and they tore it back. And they lowered the man through the roof. I want you to know that's great faith. Don't give up. That's what that's saying. Don't give up. No matter what the ox... Obstacles, there it is. Don't give up. The satyrian man said, Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. All you've got to do is speak. And I know that my, son, my servant can be healed. Great faith. Great faith. Great faith. Gideon. God called him a, a, a valiant warrior and he didn't see it in himself. I want you to know if we are men and women of faith, God can change every circumstance, every situation that we're in. Moms, take courage today. Take courage. The battle is not over yet. The battle has not been won. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us to put on the full armor of God. One of the things it tells us to do is, above all, it says, take up the shield of faith. In Hebrews chapter 10, it tells us that the just... Live by faith. In Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. This morning, if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, listen to this, by faith. I asked a young boy at camp one year. I was out there and he told me he wanted to be saved. And I asked him, I said, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes, sir. Do you believe that He died on the cross for your sins? Yes, sir. Do you believe that He rose from the grave? Well, Brother Wayne, that's just not possible. That's just not possible. Well, that just simply means you don't have faith that God can do what He says He does. If you have faith this morning, that God has done all those things for you. If you'll believe that He's done those things and you ask Him through the power of His blood to cleanse you of your sins and come into your life and save you, He'll do that. That's the greatest act that you can do on this earth.
is accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. This morning, this morning, if you're facing one of these situations like Gideon has gone through, I'm asking you this morning is to take one of these statements of faith, apply it in your life and in your situation right now. Hey, go home and take a piece of paper and write this scripture out and put it on your mirror. Put it beside your bed. Put it in your car. Put it on your steering wheel. Put it somewhere that you're reminded every day the faith statement that God said He will do for me. And I want to encourage you with those words this morning. What decision this morning would God have you do? What decision? I pray that every one of us would inventory where we're at and be obedient to that spirit this morning. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. Fathers, we come to this time, this time called invitation. I believe that you have extended this invitation this morning for people to be saved. I believe that you've extended this invitation this morning for people to make a a bold statement saying, Lord, I'm going to have faith in you over this situation and that they will pray over these situations because, God, you are faithful even when we're not faithful. You are faithful. Thank you for this time and opportunity that you've given us. God, I pray that you'll be pleased with every decision made during this invitation time. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You respond this morning.